and talk. Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk. This is Alex and I'm a pastor at Messiah Luther. David? Yeah? You're making noise while I'm trying to talk. Was I? Oh, sorry. My... I'm a pastor Are at Messiah kidding? Lutheran Church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with David Edwards once again. No, I'm, I'm going to start over. All right. <laughs> I just have like a page flip in the in the breeze of my fan. That's crazy. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll be utterly silent. All right. Be silent. Hello and welcome to Grow Up and Talk. This is Alex and I'm a pastor at Messiah Lutheran Church. We believe that eternities are changed when Jesus followers grow up in their faith and talk about that faith. One of the best ways we can do this is talking about God's Word, reading it, having discussions together, looking at the tough questions that we have as well. And we're using at Messiah a three-year Bible reading plan. Today with me on the show we have... A returning guest. His name is David Edwards. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. The right reverend. Ah, yes. David Edwards. <laughs> Thanks. David, uh, or I mean, Pastor David, <laughs> uh, please tell us, remind us where you are, are are at right now and, and what's going on in your life. Yeah, dude. Uh, my, well, you already had said my name, so I don't need to repeat it. I am a pastor serving <laughs> Word of Life Lutheran uh, Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, the Lincoln, Nebraska, or Nebraska itself recently changed its state slogan, apparently. I haven't done the research to confirm this. It used to be Nebraska, the good life, and now it is Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. <laughs> Which Are I you don't... serious? <laughs> that's what I've heard. Oh. So that's it's. Uh, you know, that's how we get information these days. We just kind of hear it and believe it. Anyway, I, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm that's trying what to I, tell us something, David. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I just thought it'd be funny to say that, but I'm in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm uh, an Air Force chaplain in the reserves as well. And so I get kind of a cool opportunity to have a very different, different ministry experiences, but both complementing one another and hopefully improving my ability to do each one well. And I'm, I'm just coming to the end of my first year as a pastor, which is a, a pretty uh, exciting uh, bland, landmark, milestone? a pretty exciting milestone. Milestone, milestone to it. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. When is your one-year anniversary? August 11th. August 11th. So, Mine yeah, is man. August 18th. Wow. There you go. Pretty close. So you're, you're also pretty close first year. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, Well, congratulations on almost making it a year, Dave. Um, We will. (laughs) Thanks. You too. It'll probably be an uneventful day. We'll just call each other up and say, "Hey, (laughs) you made it one year, man." Yeah. Only fifty-nine more to go. (laughs) Well, maybe. Lord willing, we'll see. Lord willing, yeah. If I don't die of a heart attack first. Well, hopefully not. Make sure you eat your vegetables and not pounding down salt like crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, actually, this was kind of funny. My, um, well, I don't know. However you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> my dad had to cut down on salt. Oh, no, wait. Oh, what was it? My dad cut down on salt to be healthier. And yeah. then he was cutting down so much that he actually needed to eat more, more salt. salt. And my mom, I think I got this mixed up. <laughs> this is very interesting. I'm 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 so drawn into your story. Please, please don't stop. This is no, incredible. No, I think it was. Um, yeah, my dad would cut down on salt, so he needed to eat more salt. And my mom 
was um ah oh, man what was it <laughs> no 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 you know i i think i got it mixed around but actually my my dad needed to cut down on salt um in order like for his health and all that and so cuz he was eating too much salt but my mom right. wasn't getting enough salt because she was, she drinks a lot of Diet Pepsi and was drinking water and stuff. And so she actually <laughs> was supposed to limit the amount of water that she drank because really? she was, yeah, she wasn't having enough uh, sodium or whatever. And so it's like my dad needed to cut down on sodium and my mom needed to increase her sodium intake. Interesting. And at the same time that happened, and so that's crazy. So yeah, your was, dad would just order what he would normally eat, and then give it to your mom, and she would order what she'd normally eat, and then give it to your dad. Right? It'd be a pretty perfect solution. Or he would make it plain, and who one other person would the one person would put salt on theirs or whatever. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Sweet. If I had wow, my facts right, insight. that would be a way yeah. more. Interesting. Get the story straight. We wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's right. <laughs> The the riveting conversations of our first year pastor is the kind of stuff that we spend all our time ruminating on. Is our our, our parental uh, salt intake? <laughs> yeah, exactly. These right. are the kind of insights you'd expect from well seasoned pastors. Are the insights, yes. Well, remember, we are the salt of the earth. Oh wow! Profound. There you go. Well Boom. connected. Boom! Mic drop. Walking away. Sweet. All right. <laughs> well, let's get to it um, as we usually do. Um, when Dave isn't on the show. Um, (laughs) This is episode 28, and we are covering the readings from August 8th through August 14th, and that covers a bunch of psalms, but also the readings of 2 Samuel chapters 1 through 4. So we're going to tackle the psalms in uh, some separate mini-episodes later on in the future, hopefully... uh, We can uh, get those out pretty soon, but for today, we'll just focus on the narrative given to us in 2 Samuel chapters 1 through 4. So let's take a quick look at what's going on in these chapters. Uh, First of all, Saul had died uh, previously Uh at the end of uh, 1 Samuel, and by the way, uh, 1 and 2 Samuel were really written as one book, and um, did you know that? Uh, or were you just saying, did. hmm, because you're trying to <laughs> act like wow, you're that's inquisitive. that's really interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to know. Yeah, anyway. no, it, it is. So I think the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which is one of the um, key findings of, of m- biblical manuscripts um, in the right. recent years, um, or recent history, I guess, and um, it, it showed that there were some manuscripts of first and second Samuel written together as one nice. narrative. And I think you have the same thing with first and second Kings, maybe even first sense. and second Chronicles as well. But right. um, first and second Chronicles, I could see how those would uh, possibly be divided on purpose mm. previously. Whereas Samuel and Kings, I think are just one book together. But we'll have to look that up. I know that Samuel is written as one book. Anyways, we are in Second Samuel. Uh, let's get to it. David hears Sweet. that Saul dies, and um, he hears this uh, from an Amalekite who gives a little bit of a different story than what is mm. written earlier on. So somebody here is lying. 
Dun, and, dun, dun. I know. And uh, so anyways, D- this Amalekite thinks that he's bringing David good news. Hey, good news. Saul's dead, and now right. you can become king. And David um, surprises him a little bit. And yeah. Surprise! Um, <laughs> surprise, you're, you're dead gonna, now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. But, I mean, yeah. that's what happens, basically. Yeah, it, it is what happens. Uh, he kills the Amalekite who brings him this news of Saul's death, and David and his men uh, lament and, and mourn through fasting and mm-hmm. I think like wearing the sackcloth and, sackcloth, yeah. and ashes or whatever. Classic. Um, cla- <laughs> classic. It is classic. It is. How yeah. they, that, that's how they re- uh, mourned in, in, uh, in those days. And it also was right. a sign of repentance. And repentance was a way of mourning how you sinned. So yeah, it's, sure. it's all mourning in a sense. And, and here they're mourning the death of Saul and also Jonathan who was David's uh, really good friend. And right. uh, then David is anointed king of Judah. But then there's this guy named Abner who was loyal to Saul, and he um, ended up establishing this guy named Ish-bosheth, a son of Saul, right. as right. a king uh, over Israel. But anyways, uh, so David ruled as king in one area, and Ish-bosheth ruled as king in another area. They come together at the Battle of Gibeon. They try to prevent bloodshed, which was common in those days, by uh, having a contest between some of their younger fighters, uh, or I guess even just any fighters, I guess. And and so 12 from each side come together to do this contest, and whoever wins, that should settle the battle. Um, But anyways, they all die. (laughs) (laughs) anyway they're all dead now they're all dead they all die and actually instead of preventing bloodshed it it furthers the bloodshed and so Mm -hmm. it actually is serves as a catalyst for this uh, massive battle and in that battle uh ashael or what was his name yeah asahel that was his name he tried to chase after abner Abner surprises him with this, you know, behind the back well, that was a, spear move. Right, it was kind of a, a weird episode in the whole event and all the events. He was like, stop following me, stop following me, stop following me. Boom, well, stabs him. He, he know, was like, kind of being nice to the young guy because he was like right, saying, was, you know, you don't want to die. I think because one of the notes I read said, you know, uh, Abner knew that this would make the feud worse if he right. had killed this young, right. this young kid, Asael. Or Asahel right. that was chasing him because apparently Asahel was uh, ran like a gazelle, so he was yeah. he, he could run a long time. He could he was fast and and everything. Right. So um, he and overestimated those, his ability. Right. Well, I I know this is this is you're giving the summary, so I'm not supposed to comment yet. But here I am doing it. I do think. I mean, just the, the language itself is sort of striking. You know, and it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it was weird. It, turn aside from me to the left or to the right. You know, it doesn't mm. say, hey, leave me alone. It's just, it's just I don't know. The, if we, if you don't put the image in your mind of what's happening, then it seems mm-hmm. very just like unexciting. Oh, turn to the left or turn to the right. You have to actually, I don't know, get into the text to figure out the intensity of the event, I suppose. Right. Are, anyway, you, are you done now? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. You're great. Keep going. <laughs> You're doing a good job. We're all very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so, uh, and then uh, Joab and uh, Abishai pursue Abner. They don't end up uh, getting to him. Abner makes it away. 
Then Abner joins David because Ishbosheth, uh, the son of Saul, who was made king by Abner, or like I guess made uh, king by their own power, not by God's, you know, divine, I guess command or anything like that. Uh, right. Abner gets accused by Ishbosheth of sleeping with one of his concubines, and we never find out if that is a really actually a true accusation or not. Right. But Abner gets angry at that accusation, and he says, I'm going to go join David, and he does. Um, Joab and his brother find out about this, um, and they decide that they're going to go and kill Abner. And right. uh, unbeknownst to David, David doesn't like this, and because they do kill Abner, and David just says, or he he, I guess he he says, you know, my my household is guiltless of this, um, but mm-hmm. he he issues a kind of an interesting a curse. curse. He of, says like, yeah. uh, may uh, they never their house, the house of Joab, never be without one who has a discharge or uh, leprous. Right. Leprous skin or... Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, so uh, that's not very nice. But it, <laughs> no, I don't suppose it is. But it also wasn't nice that they went and killed Abner when David made peace with them. And actually, later on, yeah. later on, uh, David on his deathbed is going to tell his son Solomon to go and assassinate Joab. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. So I mean, there's I a lot that, of killing but here. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually didn't know that. So I'm glad you said it. But yeah, man, there was a lot. And you know, and also just one other comment during the during the summaries phase where I'm not supposed to talk. Uh, the I just I mean I just kind of feel bad for Michael's wife. You know, when David is talking to Joab, he's like, "Yeah, sure, you can come join me." But first, you mean, I want the wife that well, I paid for. Well, Michael is oh, David's yeah. wife. Uh, sorry, Michael's yeah, wife. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whoops. Michael's <laughs> husband <laughs> is is. Oh, you mean uh. Because the she husband, was with another... the, the second husband that she had, the husband that yeah. she had after David, yeah, yeah, and David's like, yeah, I want her back, and and then Joab's like, sweet, yeah, sure, oh, baby, and then... give me one more chance, <laughs> and then and then her husband, is like, is like running after her, and then what does Joab say, like, or, or no, no, yeah, no, not Joab, uh, uh, what is it, Abner, Abner says, turn around, basically go away, and he just goes, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and wow. just goes away, the husband yeah, ran after her. Yeah, yeah, oh, he was, I, I he was weeping after her, wow. and then and then Abner says it's like two words, just like go back or something. They just done. Oh, okay. go return, and he returned. <laughs> wow. it's, just, okay. it's just funny. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, that is that is wild. And then um, yeah. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, mm-hmm. uh, is killed by Abner, I believe. Right? Or no, 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 not killed by Abner. I'm sorry. Is killed by these two guys. Um, Rakab and Bana. And David doesn't right. like this because he's not trying to go around, you know, killing people for no reason. And so right. then they think they come and bring these this news to David, which is kind of coming around um, uh, full circle from chapter right. one. Because in chapter one, you have this guy who brings this news to David. Hey, your enemy is dead. And then these guys say, hey, guess what? We killed the guy who was claiming falsely to be king when you're the rightful king. And they think, oh, wow, David's going to love us and everything. And David, uh, once again, commands his young men to kill those guys. And um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So this is a wild four chapters here. Yeah, dude. So it'd make for good TV. It would make a good TV show. I actually spoke about that in our last episode oh, nice. saying it would be a great like series, like eight, seven, oh, eight yeah. seasons of the life of David. Right. David, the King David, <laughs> murder and mayhem. <laughs> so what stood out to you? Uh, well, so one of the things that stood out to me again is, well, is the way that all the events unfold and the complexities mm-hmm. of the transitions of power from Saul to David and, and even, and, I, uh, this is something I've been paying attention to lately in my own like, preaching and teaching. It, remember, namely, the, when we read the Bible, we're reading about a real people at a real time in a real place, and all like these events are unfolding. You know, we only get little pieces of what actually took place. And so when I think about that, I just am struck by how crazy the event was. You know, here's David with his people out, kind of doing their things and fighting, and then they get word that Saul has died. And I can imagine all of the thoughts that would be flowing into David's head at that news. Hmm. And then how is the how is the dynamic of the kingdom going to shift? And then all the drama and chaos that kind of unfolds after that. It just it's just pretty crazy, I guess. Yeah. Um, to consider all of the things that are unfolding. And then to look at, and you mentioned this a little bit, look at the, the dynamics of the relationships um, and the responses people have to different situations. And, um, and it's also gives me pause for thought to consider how the earliest readers would have seen all of these things, you know, because our filters for interpreting scripture are so different than what than what they would have had um what do you think that they would have what do you think would have been different about like how they would have seen these events or even hmm. reading about these events than from how we right right look at them right well i mean uh, for one thing it probably it would have probably had it they probably would have had a different sense of right and wrong like the the kind of the stuff mm-hmm. that's unfolding like when david says oh go grab my wife because i paid the the, the the price for her <laughs> that stood out to me right and i was like he you was know like, I, I worked hard to pay this right price <laughs> right right yeah. and, so what's going it's a on weird price too and it's like right well, yeah well that's what yeah. I, I do remember Saul requiring that and so i thought yeah that that was unusual because i mean you know a lot of people that have uh very different understandings than what they would have then about marriage would find that like deeply distressing and distracting. Hmm. Whereas for them, I mean, for, I, I imagine for the early readers, they would have thought, well, that makes sense. David <laughs> paid the bridal prize and he wants yeah. his wife. Yeah. What's the deal? That is, you know? Yeah. And, and then, uh, the, all the, all the kind of, uh, maneuvering and political posturing that took place. It's kind of interesting that that actually seems like it would have been, very similar in a lot of ways, you know, to like people trying to make deals and work the back room and find allies and all. I mean, that's not that different than the way we operate today in politics. Um, And I, I mean, to be honest, a lot of it is just trying to think through what I know about their context, but I don't know a lot about the culture of the time. So a lot of what I'm thinking would be mostly surmising from what we do know, but it would be, it would be interesting to dig more deeply into the culture, the way that they would have looked at, uh, you know, political agreements and uh, loyalties 
and um, the way they, they would deal with betrayals. Because, I mean, all this stuff seems pretty, like, I don't know, open and shut that yeah. when, when David was – yeah, go ahead. Well, it seems like even, you know, even though David was definitely a part of that culture, he definitely um, was raised in, in that way of, uh, you know, just going to war, uh, engaging in battle against your enemies, that kind of thing. He still seemed to be somewhat counterculture, cultural in how he uh, went about certain things because he didn't want to, you know, I guess according to the culture of that time, it wouldn't have been, I don't know that people would have seen it as a big deal for David to go and kill Saul. Uh, sure. Or Ishbosheth. Um, but, right. you know, and, and that's why those, those people bearing that news to him, they think, oh, he's going to be so happy at this or, right. or those, uh, two guys at the end, uh, Rakab and, uh, Bana, they thought they were doing like taking some real initiative. And I mean, that's part of the political game and trying to find allies, maybe uh, getting a promotion, rising up to the top. And they thought maybe, <laughs> right. Hey, we're going to, this is going to be a bold move. You got to go bigger, go right. home here. And right. they thought, according to the culture, it probably fit with what right. you know people did back then. And yet, David is a bit of a surprise to them in how he handles this or how he views that situation. Right. Um, so it seems like David uh, tries to operate on a view of God's justice hmm. rather than just doing. Ex- trying to get what he wants or viewing things according to his own personal view of justice because he could certainly, you know, he knows he's the rightful king. He was anointed king twice now because once yeah. when he was young or by Samuel, I believe, even while Saul yep. was around and now again by, uh, who was it? that an- Somebody anointed him again right. and uh, made him king and he ruled in Hebron. And mm-hmm. so he, he knows, according to God, that he is the rightful king. And so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a terrible thing for him to go and kill Ishbosheth. It, it it would be seen right in the eyes of almost everyone, I would I would imagine. But he's very careful in how and uh, and taking a life. You know, he wants to know that this is really uh, according to God's will. Uh, that he's, right. you know, acting upon these things. That's why he spares Saul's life. He wants to be a man of integrity. And right. so I, I do think that in general, he's he's trying to operate on God's view of justice rather than his own personal view, which hmm. even if he operated on his, his own, for his own personal gain, it wouldn't have been seen by many people as being, you know, uh, I guess conniving. It just would have been sure. seen as like, well, that's right. That makes sense. Kind of sure, like sure. The, getting uh, Michael back, his wife, his right. former wife, um, you know, and even him taking multiple wives. And a note that right. I read yeah, said that <laughs> I'm trying to be serious here for once, really. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so but, I'm, I am also very serious at the moment. Yes. Um, well, and a note that I read, talked about the concubine thing like mm-hmm. uh, you know that was very common in those days like it, the note said even abraham and the patriarchs had concubines so it's right. like oh my goodness we forget about that we think of father abraham oh father abraham you're like so good and um 
but the the patriarchs Abraham, Jacob, yeah. you know, um, were they were messed up. They did really messed up things, even for those days. But I guess the culture back then was different too, and yeah. that is important to keep in mind. I, I know we we brought that up a, a few times in the show because th- I, I think you're really on to something and uh, talking about how we view these events differently. definitely differently than what the early readers of these accounts how, would have right. viewed them. Yeah. Well, even as you're, as you were saying that I was cracking into a commentary I have and I was looking at the, the note about David, asking for his wife back mm-hmm. and here's just a little tidbit uh, in light of the ancient near eastern legal tradition david is within his rights to demand the return of his yeah. wife michael his absence has been from her his absence from her has been involuntary necessitated by saul's attempts to kill him and saul should probably be faulted for giving her to another man and apparently mm-hmm. that happened in first samuel 25 so yeah. yeah, I guess I mean to me it just seems like whoa, geez, that's crazy. But I I had forgotten that, that that David and Michael had already been together. So it's also kind of uh, shysty that Saul sent yeah. Michael off to be married to another guy when David was gone. Um, well, and it just shows that like you know this stuff doesn't you know everyone multiple people are impacted by right. the decisions that are made. You know, um, Saul is makes the decision he he you know he tries to go after david he he gives his daughter to another man and this man unfortunately is just a victim of somebody's poor decision saul's poor action and uh, michael she probably just obeyed and and did what she was asked to do because right that was just i guess how it went i mean we're, right. we're just right. left it's... to assume that because the account doesn't say otherwise and right. So, well, exactly, and I, and I think the, the the comment you just made is worth noting, mm-hmm. which is the it, the account doesn't say otherwise. Right. So for us to really get the fullness of what's going on there, I suppose we do need to spend some time, uh, or for your for your congregation to in when it comes to reading, spend some time learning a little bit more about the culture, to yeah. help to give give. I mean, pay attention to the resources of your information, but it helps to to flesh out a little more comprehensively what's going on here and what the concerns would have been yeah being who the, what the original concerns would have been as the author presented them versus how we're kind of looking at it now and considering its application to us today amen ultimately become a, a cultural historian hmm. yeah sure there you go. Great. or a cultural uh detective investigator i guess so well i mean Sleuth? That makes it sound more exciting. Ooh, a sleuth, classic. You don't you don't hear that <laughs> word very often. I was sleuthing around trying to get some information and <laughs> anyways. Um yeah. so what gives you concern or was a little bit confusing in hmm. these chapters? Uh well, I can say it. As First, you were sleuthing around. <laughs> Trying to investigate a little bit. I, um, <laughs> truthfully, what got a little bit confused trying to just keep track of the people. You know, like, wait, yeah. who was killing who and pursuing who, betraying who? You know, like, so I, <laughs> I want to, like, I just want to. Guess who? 
Yeah, exactly. And so this, if this was a show, if they would have to have those little things pop up where it says like the name and the place, you know, like oh Abner, yeah, year yeah. place, and so you'd know what's going on. But it's on a TV show. It's the four Bible. hours so, later. Yeah, exactly. You ever and, seen SpongeBob? So, you know, I have. Right. I have seen SpongeBob. All right. So Anyways, I, I, back I, to I just, Abner. Yes. So right. So I mean, it it that was one thing I had just kind of keeping track of the names and. I think when it comes to reading through the Old Testament especially, that can be a, a pretty overwhelming part of reading. Mm. So yeah. for the people that are reading this, I would encourage them to realize they're not alone in that. It's just hard yeah. to keep track of everything, and it takes a couple exposures, I think, yeah. to really pay attention to who's where and what's going on. Um, so that was a confusing thing for me. And then the concern, I suppose, is that is that the – Good intentions, though misguided, efforts of these people caused pretty serious – had pretty serious consequences. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the servants that were kind of trying to – especially those are the ones I think at the very end mm-hmm. that went and killed Ishbosheth, and they're like, oh, hey, David, we helped you out. And David's like, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and then they die, <laughs> you know? And, and I mean, you, th- you think a little bit about, like, uh, I don't know, group dynamics or, 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 or the the organization that he's working with. Uh, David's becoming a king and getting ready, ready to lead the kingdom, and then you have these kind of mavericks going off and doing their own thing. <laughs> and <laughs> and it ends up causing – them both their lives and the life of Ishbosheth, and it, it even I mean, and this is probably I don't want to import something that's not there, but it at least is a good reminder to stop and give some pause for thought before taking action. Yeah, you know, like maybe if they were, if they had, and who knows, maybe they didn't have a chance to talk to David or thought this was the right thing or whatever, but it would have been good for them to at least I don't know get word from their king to find mm-hmm. out what would actually have been wanted uh, I, although i did sorry I, on that note with the assassination of ishbosheth i did also see a, a note here that says well i'll just read it by stressing the benjaminite origin of the two men who will soon assassinate ishbosheth this is at, at the beginning of chapter four the narrator underscores the fact that even members of saul's own tribe had become disillusioned with the house of saul confirming yeah. the judgment three one that the house of saul had grown weaker and weaker so maybe it was just the fact that uh, Ishbosheth's own people were like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not having it." Um, <laughs> yeah, so it had nothing to do with David. Um, well, yeah, I mean that very me. well yeah. could be true. It, it seems like they didn't really. They just made the move they wanted to, and then they saw another opportunity in addition to that, probably. Sure. And getting David's favor after they had done the thing that they had wanted to do. But, right, uh, and they were probably just thinking about themselves in that situation rather than the people as a whole. It certainly could have been, that's for sure. The one thing that was a little confusing to me, so I, I did look into it just a tad, was in chapter four, mm. when all of a sudden this was a little, this was confusing. We get verses one through three, and then all of a sudden. In verse 4, we get this whole other story that seems to have nothing to do with anything. It, it, mm. Jonathan, the son of Saul, had a son who was crippled right. in his feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan uh, dying came about, and his nurse took him up and fled, and she uh, was hurrying up, and she fell. 
or and oh well and he it sounds like he fell from i guess the nurse carrying him and he became right. lame so his condition got even worse because he probably you know just severely injured or broke something and his right. name was Mephibosheth so actually the note that i looked at and i just look at um, something called the faith life study bible Sometimes I look at the Lutheran study Bible as well, but the Faith Life study right. Bible is really good. I use it. I, I look at it electronically, and it just kind of gives quick notes on, on different things. And it told uh, me that Meshibbeth, Mesh, uh, or actually Mephibosheth, yeah. is uh, Meph, I guess we could call him. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I know. Anyways, he is saying that, and maybe this is included to uh, mention, well, there was another heir to the throne besides Ishbosheth, and but he wasn't a threat because of his physical condition. So that could be one reason why this little snippet story is included. Another thing is that it comes, I think, there's an account, an event, later in Second Samuel where Mephibosheth, is spared his life is spared by okay. king david because of his condition because he poses mm. no physical threat to david and his throne his life is right. spared so i don't know the whole story about that i think the note might have said chapter 19 that shows up so it it, it is interesting you know it like is, this yeah. author is is carefully crafting these stories you know like in a, in a tv show you might get like have you ever seen the show like, uh, well, there there's shows like Breaking Bad or um, sure. all these other shows where they show something at the beginning of the story and it seems right. totally unrelated to everything else. And then it all gets connected either at the end of the episode or the end of the season. Right. So this is kind of like one of those things where it's, um, it's or actually I, I just something a little bit more related to the Bible is uh, there's a free show out there uh, now called The Chosen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's totally free and it's actually really well done. I, I like nice. how they emphasize, they really focuses, focus on Jesus's humanity mm. a, a lot more because a lot of shows uh, surrounding uh, the time and ministry of Jesus focus a lot on his divinity his mm-hmm. miracles and, and things like that. Whereas this one really focuses on uh, the everyday lives of the disciples and Jesus's humanity. Like there's one episode in the, the chosen that is just dedicated. Uh, it, it's called Jesus loves the little children. And it, it just, it, it's imagined a little bit. Yeah. So, sure. and I personally don't have a problem with that. I just think it, it just trying to bring to life some of these things and they acknowledge like, yeah, this isn't, you know, they tried to stay true to the biblical account and point to that. Right. Um, right. But we're imaginative people. And so you're going to take sure. some liberties, but it's a whole episode dedicated to Jesus. He's just out camping in the wilderness and there mm. are these kids that kind of find him and, and they go and visit him every day. And he's, he's kind of telling them, yeah, I'm getting ready to, to go and uh, find some friends and, and have them follow me. And this is before he ends up calling the disciples and kind of going oh, in and, and doing his ministry. And these kids find him and they help him with his like carpentry work and, and whatnot. Cause he's traveling 
uh, doing right. business and all that. So, anyways, um, I forget how I got on in on that. Oh, that well, that was a show yeah. that right. also at the beginning of their episodes they would have uh, like an account from the Old Testament, and it would be mm. this father comforting comforting his daughter. Uh, and reciting this this Bible verse and or, or this uh, scripture verse saying like uh, remember the God who made you and formed you and then it right. it shows later on in that episode the story of uh, Mary Magdalene and and that's the her her like life verse that Jesus quotes to her when uh, he he like saves her from her demon possession and that kind of thing so I think. You know, it's kind of like the, um, the, uh, I guess, flashback snippet at the beginning of the episode, and then it <laughs> relates to kind of the end of the episode. So that's my really long way of saying that this little story here about Mephibosheth is a flashback. Well, not really a flashback, but it's like a snippet that later right. gets uh, referred to in an encounter with with uh, David, so right, that was fascinating. Thanks for sharing. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think. Well, I hope it I was think, fascinating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, it does make sense. And I, I'm I, glad I, I'm, I woke you up, though. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. No, but I, I, I'm glad you said that point because that's one of those things that, again, I think comes up as you read through the text more. You know, mm-hmm. something the first time through, you might see, oh, that was weird and random, and then you get later in the Second Samuel, and you find, oh, wait. Didn't I see that name before? And then when you read back through it again, you see, oh, I know why this is here. I'm going to see it later. You know, and, and and for me, it becomes exciting when that happens in texts. When you read the same book a couple of times, read the same chapter a couple of times, and then you see how the different pieces in each chapter actually start linking up. Yeah. And instead of it being just a collection of, of disconnected verses that, that sometimes have something to say that might be interested individually, you see how they comprehensively present a pretty – clear and robust picture of what the good Lord is doing with his people. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's an interesting point. It's important, I think, to kind of read the Bible like that because you're, you're reading it. Think about reading it as, you know, you're hearing this for the first time in a way, like you're hearing the narrative unfold. Right. And um, so, and even the gospel writers, some of them write. I, I guess we we talked about this way back in our way back in our seminary days. Um, <laughs> yeah. The view of Jesus from above versus the view of him from below. Did you do you remember that? That language is familiar. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the view from below is kind of seeing Jesus for emphasizing his humanity more and seeing right. how his divinity unfolds in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I think uh, maybe, yeah, Luke is a good example of this um, uh, because Luke starts out with the um, birth of Jesus. It's a very humble birth. And right. Jesus is very much around the people um, in Luke and and doing ministry and 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 those kinds of things. And they're kind of discovering who Jesus is as he goes along. 
Um, right. Maybe Matthew kind of emphasizes that a little bit more. Oh, sure. Well, they definitely have, they both have the, the birth narrative. Yeah. And then, so, but then Mark and John kind of start more from above, meaning hmm. they're, they're. Well, John definitely. Yeah. But Mark at the first, he, Mark says, uh, this is the story of Jesus, the son of God. All right. So like right off the bat, he he says, this is the story of the son of God. So Mark and John are basically saying, this is what you need to believe about Jesus. Mm. Whereas Luke and Matthew are kind of saying, all right, here's how we got to this point. Here's the genealogy, that kind of thing. Here are the prophecies, those kinds of things. So as we go along in the story, see what you think about Jesus. And then you get to like Peter's confession. I believe that you are the Christ, sure. the son of God. So it's more of like, I guess you could also call it deductive versus inductive too. Sure. Sure. Whereas like, uh, I think I always get those terms mixed up, but I think, uh, right. deductive is where you're kind of sleuthing. You're trying to figure out as you go along, uh, Am I getting that right? That well, as you were saying that, I was thinking, uh, you're deducing. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, you're deducing from the evidence you have, whereas right, whereas inductive, inductive is is you start with you the start answer with the answer and then you yeah go out. Is that right? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I Everyone's have a computer right next failures. to me. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Well, I don't want to see our failures. You'll just hear them. It's good. Say something to the people while I search. All right. Good. Well, you know, I have all sorts of things I could talk about, like the Bible uh, in Second Samuel. I could talk about how um, the, my favorite VeggieTales movie comes out of Samuel, Second Samuel, when Nathan comes to visit David. <laughs> and, well, that's kind of unrelated. Um, but see, I, I suppose it's interesting that Abner decides to switch teams. Um, to try to join David. And, you know, if, if I were watching this on a TV show, I would be so frustrated, I think, with what went down with Abner. Because I would have said, oh, look, Abner, he's he'll be a powerful ally. He'll be bringing people on David's side. He's finally come to see the light. This is a good thing. And then I would be so angry at these other guys that go and at, at Joab and goes that goes and kills him because I think, oh man, you just ruined what could have been perfect and you were just too self-centered and you wanted vengeance, right? Because Joab was the brother, I think, uh, of of Asahel, who Abner killed. Um, so it, that I mean, actually, yeah, if I were watching the show, that's how I would be reacting. I'd get very frustrated that you know, Joab killed Abner, and it is also sort of like, well, shysty that. Joab does it. He goes out to, goes out from David's presence and sends the messenger to Abner. And then Abner's like, yeah, okay, I'll come talk to you. Bang! Kills him. Just like that. And it's, I mean, it's just redonk. Redonkulous. <laughs> Redonkulous? Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't mean to use such extreme verbiage language there, but it had to be said. It was redonkulous. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm having trouble understanding. I always had trouble with this in, <laughs> in and our preaching. I know. Oh I always had trouble with this in our preaching classes too. What did they say? What is the definition? Well, oh, what is the definition? Well, yeah, that's what I should look up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems like it'd be helpful. Uh, I also think it's interesting sometimes when you read through the Old Testament that people will like speak in, in like poems. David does it here in, in, uh, second Samuel. And 
Oh, well, actually, this is in the New Testament in Colossians, where Paul then writes kind of the 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 poem about Jesus, you know, and well, and in Exodus when they get across the the Red Sea, there is the the song I think that uh, Miriam, I think it's Miriam's song, you know, these these songs or these poems that come up in Scripture that I guess are people are just inspired by the events it seems kind of interesting, and I wonder if there's any present-day equivalent that you're just so blown away by something you have to go write a poem about it or write a song though i suppose those sorts of things are probably pretty culturally situated that that's that's how they would respond to excitement whereas if this was events today we would just say oh man that's crazy and then like record a video about it or or send some someone a, a sad face emoji if it was disappointing you know like it is it's well it's just interesting to think about the different cultural approaches to significant events all right Did you find the answers i think so i'm not really okay. sure though i'm still confused this is, this is this is this is this is just hard-hitting research for your listeners <laughs> all right so, so i think i was correct you know like if you say you're inducted into into an office or something like that you're inducted into the military service you right. are in it right away you are inducted it's it's right there so right if you do inductive reasoning it's you have something the that answer. It, the answer right away or the i guess hypothesis or whatever and right. so you take that like jesus is the son of god mark right. starts right. at the beginning jesus is the son of god john says jesus is the word made flesh and so they right. say based off of this reason or discover along with me and the other readers, if this is true, if you believe this. Or as how we this get, is true. Or how this is, is that... true. Yeah, sure. As we get to the end of our, our journey together, like John uses the I am right. statements and he uses right. the different accounts and all that stuff. And um, But deductive is more you kind of pull together the facts and the evidence and then, and then you draw conclusion. your conclusion, I guess. Right. So, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, because you're deducing, you're sort of taking those things away from what's being given to you, and then you're coming right out with a uh, conclusion a conclu based off right. of those things. So, and isn't that interesting that those two approaches probably informed a lot of the behavior that we read about in First Second uh, Samuel one through four? Way to Some bring guys... it around. Yeah, dude. Thanks. I mean, seriously, some of these guys yeah. were working inductively. Some of them were working deductively. Uh, and most of it, I suppose, was uh, deductive. Well, actually, I mean, David became king. And so from that, these guys decided to, uh, well, I don't know. That might be a stretch. Well, they should have been doing some more inductive reasoning. Or de they should have been deducing. Uh, they should have should... been deducing better. They didn't deduce yeah. very well. Right. But they right. should they have didn't... done inductive reasoning because that would have meant Hey David, tell us what you want us to do. And David right, said, right. "I want you to not kill this guy." And they said, <laughs> "Oh, that. okay." Right. Good thing we asked you first. Yes. That's a good life lesson. Sometimes it's better to ask <laughs> before taking action. Not all the time. Yeah. Anyway. Sometimes. So, uh, listeners, uh, please comment into our email, growupandtalkpodcast at gmail dot com, if we Sweet. got the uh, definitions of deductive and inductive. <laughs> incorrect that's always a good way to get a lot of feedback i know tell me if i made a mistake oh yeah tell we'll me. let you know <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping we would maybe increase our listener interaction by by doing that. You know, it's kind of like putting Perfect. yourself in the dunk tank. Yeah, exactly. Bill. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll dunk the pastor, sure. <laughs> Wasn't going to be there, but now that I got a dunk. That, yeah. I, that, you selected that hymn that Sunday. I'm going to get you for Ooh. that. I'm going to dunk <laughs> you. You're going down. What's that? Oh, great to see you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything that gives you hope in these chapters? Yeah. Uh, one. Of, it's probably something that gives me hope throughout the scripture, especially the Old Testament, and it's related to something, a comment you've already made, which is that we see the kind of people that God is dealing with, and we see who we are and how we live, and it's sometimes disheartening to think oh man i don't know i don't know if god could work with me i don't know if i could do what he has for me i can't believe that he would do anything worthwhile with me and yet then you see in this in this book in these chapters all the craziness and the mess that happens and god's plan still prevails perseveres and the people he and he continues to work with these people who are broken sinful people like ourselves so it's hopeful and encouraging to see that God is still actively at work in a world that's broken and wrecked with people who are broken and wrecked, giving us his grace and strengthening us to live in this new life he's given to us through his son. Isn't it great that we've been inducted into the kingdom of God? (laughs) We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Grow Up and Talk, and we've been talking about 2 Samuel chapters 1 through 4, deductive and inductive reasoning, sleuthing, <laughs> murder, betrayal, all of the above. Uh, so now we come to our closing question, one of our most important uh, things that we can really consider uh, as Jesus followers today is how we see this section of scripture that we've read having importance to our lives today. So, Dave, what do you see here that we can apply? Mm. What can we as Christians apply from chapters 1 through 4 to our lives today? Uh, You know, I probably the thing that grabs me initially at the beginning is David's response. That was redundant initially at the beginning. Oh, well. Uh, David's (laughs) (laughs) David's response to Saul's death. That he didn't just rejoice at his great fortune because his enemy was slain, you know. He actually mourns, and 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 while this might this might be overstating the the basis for the mourning, it does reflect how Christians ought to deal with. Oh, I probably have to deal with the death of of people. Yeah. That that we it is it's still something to mourn. We know that for those who are believers in Jesus, that the, the death is not the end, but it's not something to just be ignored or dismissed or flippantly disregarded. Um, and that David himself kind of, uh, David conducts himself um, in a way that's pretty honorable. Um, so that, that, it, it, that we, we, mm, that we mourn over the suffering of our enemies. Maybe right. I'll put it like that. Yeah. That would be, that would be a worthwhile thing. Well, to apply to our lives today. I, I think so as well. I think it's important to remember that death, though in Christ, has no power, ultimately, 
it still is not what God wants for his creation. And ultimately mm-hmm. God wants, you know, every, every person, regardless of how bad they are, regardless of how much hate they spew into the world or online or, um, you know, toward other countries or whatever it may sure. be within their own communities, even no matter what they do, they're still someone for whom Christ died. Yes. And preach it. I th- Amen. Amen. And actually we are going through at Messiah. And by the time this episode comes out, we will almost be done with our sermon series on Luke uh, nice. where the overall theme is Jesus is for everyone. And that's one of the, I guess, deductive things that you draw from the book of Luke is is Jesus's interaction with the marginalized and those who were on the fringes and how right. and like Samaritans even and telling the a parable of a good Samaritan. And that was mm. really radical for those days. Um, and, you know, everyone, it, Jesus died for all people. Jesus died mm-hmm. for everyone. And so it is important to remember that and that the heart of God is one that wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And, you know, I think in many ways, David reflected the heart of God Mm. and in the sense that he, you know, still didn't want Ishbosheth to die, even though he was, you know, falsely claiming to be king and David was the rightly anointed king. And, David didn't want, um, you know, Saul to die, Mm -hmm. even though um, it was, I guess, within his rights to even, you know, be excited or be thankful that he no longer had to run away uh, from Saul and and, and be on the run for the, you know, for the rest of his life. He he could rest a little bit more now. Uh, But I do think that that's him. David reflects the heart of God and really the heart of, of Christ um, mm. because ultimately that heart and that desire to do away with death and suffering is reflected to us with uh, Jesus on the cross. So mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well done. We got so mellow, <laughs> so yeah. quiet, so reflective. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it was good. And, uh, I think so. And, and That's exactly it, right. Yes, yeah. yes. I, I mean, ultimately, we can. One of the best ways we can apply this is we know that the death of Jesus and His resurrection applies to our lives today. So, if you're ever having a struggle um, seeing how a section of Scripture applies, you can always try to first start with how does this point to Jesus, mm, and sure. uh, kind of right. do your uh, deductive application from there. Sure. It's going to be so bad if we actually mix those definitions around. Well, like you said, it'll get interaction and feedback. Yeah. Well, apparently they don't teach you guys anything about like basic grammar or whatever category of information <laughs> this inductive versus deductive falls into. I don't even think that is grammar. Oh my gosh. What have they done? <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Well, we always have a random question at the end and uh Sweet. You know, Dave, sometimes I admit ministry does get a little tough sometimes. Sure. Maybe not as dramatic 
as these chapters <laughs> here. Yeah. No, <laughs> I haven't had to go on the run of Murder, anyone trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So, <laughs> Murder uh, and Mayhem, the pastoral ministry. Today on Murder and Mayhem, the pastoral ministry, we're going to, yeah. yeah. That would be crazy. Anyways, that, that would be crazy. Uh, maybe we'll get there in 60 years or something, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You never Let's know. Let's hope not. You yeah, know. you know what? Let's just take it one day at a time with Jesus. <laughs> but anyways, sometimes I do think about, you know, if I wasn't a pastor, what would I do? What would I, sure. what kind of career uh, would I, I, I do instead? So Dave, if you weren't a pastor, what career would you have? You know, I used to say if I, if I weren't a pastor, I would just go be a teacher uh, there's a lot of similarities, but more, more and more, I think I would rather boring, <laughs> boring. No one cares about what you want to do. No, I would. <laughs> what kind of I teacher? Would, oh, well, I would have been a history teacher, but cool. With that, with that being said, oh, and you know, no, no disrespect to all the teachers out there. You guys have a hard job. Oh yeah, do a lot what, of it's work, one of the so, you know. most important jobs in the world. Sorry if uh, anyone yeah. interpreted interpreted that. Um, <laughs> Uh, deductively right. and correctly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I would actually probably have uh, joined the trades. Um, yeah. I mean that's that's what I think about. Yeah, I would I would join the trades because it, it just I mean it's a necessary job. There's a lot of opportunities out there, and it in some ways is very different than pastoral ministry in that everything is pretty concrete and tangible, um, and there's something appealing to that. So yeah, that's what I would do. I like. I like that idea of going out and just working. Cool. So I would I would go into the trades. Awesome. Um yeah, I think I might become like a graphic designer. Oh, Actually, right. I would probably try to get into the board game industry somehow. Yes, that's yes you would. And um I Do you people know how big a board game fan you are? Yes. I oh. think they do. I think they do. I mean, a lot of these people listening have helped me move into my apartment. Oh yeah. So they've seen and, and your... then to my Substantial house. collection. They've seen my games. collection, yeah. Nice. Um, so anyway, I would probably do that or, you know, something creative like graphic design or um, interior design lately. I've been thinking a really? lot about how to refurnish and kind of decorate our house, and that's really exciting to me. So Yeah, dude, that's uh, awesome. Just something that's artistic in, in some kind of way. It's just, um, yeah. So that's cool. All righty. Look at that. Great. Well, Dave, it's been a pleasure. And uh, um, yes, it is a pleasure for me as well, as it always is. Amen. <laughs> well, I've been enjoying uh, talking with you today about these chapters. It's, it's been good. Um, listeners, if you have found this show helpful, you really like it, uh, feel free to share it with uh, someone else that might benefit from it as well. Our goal really is to uh, just engage in talking about God's Word, uh, growing up together in that way on a journey toward spiritual maturity. That's what God calls us to do. He, in, he invites us on that journey, and that's what we're all about here at Grow Up and Talk. You can also interact with us, um, even if it's not about the definitions of words, uh, by emailing <laughs> us at growupandtalk.gmail.com. Oh, no, growupandtalk.com podcast at gmail.com and we will see you next time or 
Yeah. Talk to you next time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I was supposed to say something there or not. Peace. But... <laughs> <laughs>